Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Friday, September 22nd. Our top story today, people living in a village near Sittingbourne say it's become a dumping ground for housing developments. Tenham, which saw its population rise by just nine people in the decade up to 2011, has seen work start for 300 extra homes this year alone, with 380 more approved just outside the parish boundary. Residents say there's a black cloud over the town now and that it's lost its village feel. Meekin's been following this story for us. Megan, can you talk us through why the residents of Tenham are so concerned? The residents feel like Tenham's become a bit of a dumping ground because they've had several new housing developments sort of approved and, you know, work started on them within the last couple of years. Um, you know, there's there's a new development just as you enter Tenham from Faversham and people are saying that it's completely changed the vibe of the village. You've been speaking to a number of people. How do they feel the developments have changed the community? Because there's now so many new people in the village, residents feel that, you know, the developments have changed the community because people don't know each other. There isn't loads of shops like there was back in the olden days, as they'd say. And they feel like there isn't that sense of community. People don't meet up at the local park. They don't chat. They don't know each other and it's completely changed. What about the positives? Uh, is there anyone out there pleased about the new building work? There aren't any residents that I spoke to that felt like the housing developments were a positive. However, I did speak to a business owner. She uh, runs Crispin's Fish and Chip Shop um, in, in the village and it has been there for quite some time. I think it first opened in, in the 60s and, you know, she said from a young girl, she, she's known the village and, and she can appreciate that it's changed and she does speak to her customers, her regulars, who say how much they're unhappy with how the village has become and it's no longer a village. But, you know, she said from a business point of view, it'd be silly not to appreciate the new people coming into the village and the growing population because it's, it's you know, they're still recovering after COVID and it's helping them, you know, grow and, and make money. Thanks, Megan. The council are blaming government housing targets for the number of new developments in the area. Also making news today, a Kent dad whose neck pain was dismissed by doctors has ended up being diagnosed with terminal cancer. Jack Willis complained of pain back in 2020 but was misdiagnosed with a pulled muscle in his neck and later an ear infection. His partner, Kaylee Barnes, says doctors at A&E were reluctant to carry out further tests. A consultant come down to see you Afternoon. at half two in the morning and said, I'm afraid we're taking you straight down for surgery. And Jack was like, no, I'm here for an MRI. And he says, I'll be brutally honest with you. He says, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be alive. He said, you've got so much fluid on your brain. You're, you're a miracle how you're still standing. So he went down at three in the morning for surgery and they put a drain in his brain. And they, over a period of the time he had it in, they drained off 750 mils of fluid. And a week after that, happened he stayed in obviously is now an inpatient in the neuro department and then once that had happened a week later they'd done a biopsy on the back of jack's head cut open his head and he was in surgery for about six hours seven hours um i was there when he came into recovery um i didn't speak to a consultant but i spoke to jack and he said to me it's all right babe everything's going to be fine They've took the tumour away and it was benign. It's all it's all okay. I'm going to be fine. So I was obviously well excited and happy. I was on Facebook. I was telling all the family and friends. Jack obviously recover, stayed in recovery and I've come home from London. And then Friday morning, the 
phone went and it was Jack on a video call and a consultant was there, the neurosurgeon. And he said, I'm really sorry to tell you, Kelly. He said, but what Jack told you wasn't right. He said, and you, you know, you possibly should have been contacted anyway as next of kin, but Jack's got rare CNS lymphoma cancer in the brain and it's wrapped around his brainstem. And the treatment isn't to cut it out, it's to go undergo intense chemotherapy rounds. So then that all started. He did all of that. And then you got the all clear for the stem cell transplant, didn't you? Mm -hmm. So he went on to have a stem cell transplant on the 30th of May. So he went back in about five days before that. He had to have another round of intense chemo that he actually had an allergic reaction to and was really, really ill. Um, So he thought he was going to die. So I rushed up to King's to be with him. He was on oxygen. Um, He had that and he had his stem cell transplant. He was supposed to stay in for three weeks. Um, but his mental health deteriorated, so he discharged, come home. Um, come home and he bounced back, really. He did He did his uh, visits into Maidstone for his blood tests. His blood counts all recovered amazing. He didn't have to have any blood um, support, nothing. Um, learned to walk, walk again. He was on bike rides only last week for three miles on his bike. Everything just looked like it was going well. He got a little bit of head pain in July, so they'd done an MRI scan. They looked at it, reviewed it and said, no, we have no concerns. You know, there's no lymphoma. Um, and then we went back to King's at the end of August for a PET scan where they put the dye in his body to see if there's any lymphoma in his body. Because Jack didn't just have it in his brain. He had it in his pancreas, his colon, his chest. Um, they looked at all the PET scan results, went back for the results on the 6th of September and was told that he was in remission excellent like he's recovered so well it was just amazing um there was they were so happy with everything with him that was on the wednesday the 6th uh jack's birthday was monday the 11th so he celebrated his 33rd birthday um we all got together with some friends and celebrated like he's in remission and it was his birthday and things were looking up for us all and then on the wednesday the 13th um he didn't feel very well in himself when he got up. Um, he did the school run with me. We went for a coffee. He struggled to speak a few times while we were having conversations, sort of just stuttering and not being able to get his words out. Um, then later on in the day, he seemed very weak on his legs. And then he was outside the house at the back of my car and his leg, he called me, he said, my leg, I can't feel my leg. Um, and I managed to hobble him to the passenger seat. And with that, he had a seizure. So he was convulsing through his leg, his arm and his, his torso. Um, I called for an ambulance and explained everything that was going on. And they said to me, unfortunately, we can't get an ambulance out to you for hours. You're going to have to make your way into A&E with Jack. So I wait for the convulsions to stop. Um, my neighbours all rallied round and come and took my children from me because they were here to witness it. And I got Jack into A&E. And then on Friday, we got the phone call to say the lymphoma was back. It's back in three places in his brain. It's not back in his body. So there is another treatment plan that he could have had if it was back in his body called CAR T-cell. But unfortunately, because it's not in his system and only in the brain, he can't have that treatment plan. So the next treatment is radiation. But it's not a cure. 
it's just to prolong Jack being with us for as long as possible. Our children are fully aware. They've been told everything. You know, we've been very truthful with them. My 15-year-old is absolutely devastated. Well, they all are. My middle son, uh, William, he's he struggles with his emotions anyway, so he's finding it quite hard to deal with. Our little boy, Archie, he's six. He um, he just keeps saying, you know, he doesn't want his daddy to die. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants him to be here forever. And Maria Rose, she's only three, so she's like, she knows it's upsetting, something's upsetting is going on. She's not quite sure, I don't think, but she just, the other night she really broke down, cried and said, please, daddy, don't leave me. Um, they, you know, they, they're just all quite scared. And I think it's the unknown of when things are going to happen and when Jack's going to deteriorate, like when's that, it's just not knowing when these things are going to happen. We want to raise awareness, you know, for other people that go in, you know, you're not too young to get these diseases. It's not got an age to it. So I think it needs to be taken more seriously when you go in with symptoms, especially with your head pain, neck pain, they should be doing CT scans and looking into it more deeply. The treatment, you know, if Jack had gone in and the cancer may not have spread up into his brain and caused a brain tumour, he already had the cancer in his body, in his neck. And over that period of time, it's obviously spread. So they may have been able to get it before it spread to his brain. I don't know. Who knows? His family have started a GoFundMe so they can enjoy the time they have left together. Kent Online reports. The mum of a missing Kent teenager has made a direct appeal to her son to get in touch. My son is missing and I'm going out of my mind not knowing where he is, but knowing that he's not at home where he should be. I beg you, Russell, please make contact with anyone. Everybody is worried for you. Your brothers and sisters miss you all so much. And we also need your help grooming Luna. If you are hiding somewhere, please let us know that you are safe. I'm pleading with anyone who may know where my son is to contact the police. Russell, you are not in any trouble whatsoever. Please just get in contact with anybody. The 17-year-old was last seen just over a fortnight ago near Sutton Road in Maidstone. Follow Kent online on socials to see his picture. An Ailsha man's appeared in court after police found a samurai sword and a knuckle duster at his house when he was out of the country. Thomas King told magistrates they were ornaments that were part of a weapons collection. The 31-year-old from Bell Grove has been fined £440. A serial thief and con man has been jailed after stealing a van that was being sold to raise money for a Medway couple who'd been victims of fraud. Bradley Dobson offered to pay £5,000 for the vehicle but drove off without giving the money. He sold it on, then stole it again. Again, along with a quad bike, the 49-year-old who doesn't have a permanent address has been locked up for more than three years. A drunk man who damaged the doors and windows of two businesses in Staplehurst has been sent to prison for 19 months. 20-year-old Cameron Jeffrey from Vale Road in Hawkehurst also assaulted a police officer while being arrested. Kent Online reports. A search is underway for three men wanted for questioning over burglaries in Kent and at the home of England footballer Raheem Sterling. Police have been investigating more than 30 crimes that also happened in Surrey, Essex and Hertfordshire. The Man City Star's home was targeted last December when he was at the World Cup in Qatar. Two men have been arrested after reports of people breaking into cars in Swanley. They were picked up in Veban Place in the early hours of Wednesday. A backpack and a pair of Nike trainers that are thought to have been stolen were seized. Seven drivers have been caught speeding in Faversham's new 20 mile per hour zone in 
just 45 minutes. One motorist was caught doing nearly twice the limit on Bicingwood Road. The slower limit was introduced last year following a 20 is plenty campaign. Four fire engines have been called to a village near Canterbury after an outbuilding went up in flames. Crews managed to stop the blaze on Chelmsford Street in Chartham from spreading to a nearby house. No one was hurt and it's unclear how the fire started. Follow Kent online on socials to see a picture of a man wanted for recall to prison. Dominic Hedges has links to Maidstone, Ramsgate, Queenborough and Greenhithe. Anyone who sees him is urged to call 999. Kent online reports. Following on from yesterday's announcement from the Bank of England, who've decided to keep interest rates on hold, there's speculation they may have peaked. It's the first time in nearly a year that it hasn't hiked the cost of borrowing. It's staying put at 5.25%. It follows Wednesday's surprise easing of inflation. Gavin Welch is an expert at Mortgage Matters Direct in Kent. We're coming towards the end of the year and lots of lenders will be thinking about their pipelines for next year. And obviously people completing on mortgages next year is their profit. So there may well be a little bit of a uh, a rate war between lenders over the coming months to get some sales made for their profits for next year, which is good for consumers because we could see interest rates slightly moving downwards. Not a great deal, but slightly. I was going to say that must be good if you are trying to buy a property then and you're looking for a slightly better deal than perhaps you've been able to get over the past couple of years. I think what people forget, um, Nicola, is that you can lock in your rate, certainly as a remortgage customer. If you're concerned about your rates that are maturing perhaps December, and I hear there's, there's over half a million people that are having rate changes in December, January, that you can look at the market now, apply for that remortgage, and that offer will be there for around six months. And therefore, you can get the rate locked in today. And if interest rates do go south, which we hope they do, you can then get the next best deal. So you can't lose. You've got your date, the rate of today or something better in time, which is great for remortgage customers. If you are purchasing a property and you've found a property and you lock in your rate today, that mortgage offer, again, lasts for normally six months. And if interest rates again go south, you can go back to your mortgage advisor or your bank and say, can I have the next best deal? So if I can be of help to anybody, I'd be saying, have some urgency, look at the market, don't put it off. Get something done today. You can always think about it again as you get closer and closer to the expiry of your existing rate or your purchase. Obviously, it's been a year since the markets went absolutely crazy following the mini budget almost a year. Have we got to the point where people have kind of got used to these sorts of rates? Because I remember talking to my mortgage advisor and he said, look, Nicola, the, the rate you're on, it, it was exceptionally low. Back in the day, the rates that we got now, that was the norm. Does it get to a point where people are like, OK, we've just got to accept it. This is the new normal, as it were. I, I think you're right. I think there's still a belief there that interest rates are going to come crashing back down um we've got to understand if you go if you yeah okay for the last five ten years it's been great for 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 people borrowing previous to that a fixed rate for five percent maybe six percent was the norm and we're back to that that doesn't help people perhaps that are you know getting to the top of their budget when they bought their first house and fixed uh, fixed their mortgage so i would urge anybody nicola who's in that, that financial problem or hardship to talk to people don't just put your head in the sand um i think that there will be a bit of a rate war and i think that that uh, that lenders will start to come back to the market and start pricing their remortgage rates to attract business um so i think there'll be some some deals to be done but you know just to answer your question we're probably going to be around normal now and that's going to be disappointing to a lot of your listeners to say that your new rate is going to be probably the norm for some time. 
Yeah, me included, because um, I was on fix for two years. Next uh, next spring, going to have to renew. And it is going to hit the bank balance. And of course, wages aren't reflecting that, are they? So it is leaving some people in quite a tricky position. Yeah, and I feel for them. I certainly do. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat myself where I'm, I had a 1.5% and I'm probably looking at 5%. Um, all I'd say is make sure that when you sit down with your mortgage advisor, you work through those numbers. There are good rates out there. You know, the market, whilst it's higher, is strong. Lots of lenders, you know, are trying to attract uh, attract uh, business. But that extra two, three, four hundred pound is going to hurt. I appreciate that. You can do things like extending your term of your mortgage. You can do things by talking to your lender about having perhaps a six-month window of just paying interest only. I would urge your listeners to really seriously think about those things before they enter into that because it will affect the amount of money you pay back over the term of your mortgage. But if it's a short-term fix to a longer-term problem, really sit down and look at the numbers with your mortgage advisors for sure. People living in part of Medway have hit out at planning rules after a clear breach was given approval. A three-bed property has been built on Swingate Avenue in Cliff, even though permission had only been agreed for a two-bed. Neighbours are angry the council allowed it after a retrospective application. You can see pictures at Kent Online. We did try to get in touch with the owners but didn't have any success. Part of the A249 is going to be closed this weekend for work on the Stockbury Roundabout. It'll be shut northbound from Junction 7 of the M20 to Junction 5 of the M2 as you head towards Sheppey. Lane closures will also be enforced from next Friday as part of work on a new flyover, which is aiming to reduce congestion. The grave of a Kent soldier has been discovered nearly 80 years after he died in Normandy during the Second World War. Lance Corporal Neville Skilton was born in Tunbridge and served with the Royal East Kent Regiment. He's been remembered at a service. Kent Online reports. Now, plans for a new housing development in Tunbridge Wells could be scrapped because of dormice. The project would see 15 homes built on the site in Matfield, but eight nests have been discovered during an ecological survey. They are a protected species and in danger of extinction. Developers say they'd compensate by planting new woodland two kilometres away. A house in Folkestone has been struck by lightning. Fire crews were called to Holland Avenue last night, while neighbours also reported losing power. It's not thought anyone was injured. The crew of HMS Kent will march through Maidstone later after being given the freedom of the county. The Royal Navy ship went into service in 1998. A procession will go down the high street to County Hall at around midday. Cows have made a welcome return to a popular Kent country park for the first time in more than 10 years. The English Longhorn cattle are on loan from the Kent Wildlife Trust and will be staying at Capstone Country Park in Chatham for the next few weeks. It's hoped they could be a permanent feature in the future to help with grassland management. And a village sign, no known for being a tourist hotspot, has had to be removed after people complained it was a trip hazard. The ham sandwich sign in Sandwich has been on the corner of No Name Street and Delft Street since 2020. It's now been relocated to St Peter's Church. You can see pictures by following Kent Online on socials. Kent Online Sports. Football now and Gillingham are back in League Two action this weekend. They're heading north to take on Doncaster Rovers. The Jills are currently enjoying a good run of form and are sitting at the top of the table. Goalkeeper Jake Turner says they're hoping to carry that momentum into tomorrow's game. Everyone's in a good place. Um, like I say, it's still early, only eight games in. But yeah, everyone's everyone's looking forward to the next game. Everyone's uh, worked hard this weekend. Yeah, we're we're ready. Eight games in, but you'd rather be top of the table at this stage than anywhere else, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, Obviously, it's a good place to be at the moment, but yeah, like we said, it's still so early, so many more games to come, so many tough games coming up. So, yeah, it's a good place to be at the moment, but we have to just try and uh, keep the wins coming and, and see how long we stay there. 
how pleasing is it for you as the, the goalkeeper that a lot of the success has been built on those strong foundations in defence? Yeah, um, to be fair, credit to the whole team. Uh, we've got it kind of in our, in our heads now from the, from the gaffer that we, we uh, try and keep it nil for as long as possible. Um, obviously, we're going to concede goals, we know that, but yeah, just try and keep a clean sheet and we have the best chance of winning the game. He's very big on that clean sheet mentality. It's a phrase he often says to us after games, but he must drum it in with you guys as well. Yeah, basically every day he says it. Um, first goal mentality and clean sheet mentality are the, the two main phrases. Um, and like if, if we do them both, we win, we win the game. So yeah, it's, it's a good starting point. So we, the more, more times we do it, the better. And for you at the moment, leading the way in terms of the division for, for clean sheets, which I know you say is a, a collective effort from the team, but it must be quite nice. Yeah, it's obviously nice, but to be fair, we, 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 like I said, we work on it as a team. Um, the whole team keep a clean sheet, it's not just me. Um, we defend so well, uh, so, so solid. So, yeah, it's, ni it's nice that obviously as a goalkeeper, that's what you, you want. Uh, you're not going to score many goals as a goalkeeper. Um, so, yeah, clean sheets is the main thing. But, yeah, like I say, the whole team has done it from, from the back four, uh, midfield, strikers. We, like I say, we defend as a team and we all kind of enjoy the rewards of a clean sheet. Yeah, Lazio goalkeeper aside, I guess. Did you see that in the <laughs> Yeah, it was a great goal, too. It fair. was a yeah, The strikers would have been proud of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think you've got the, the top save percentage in the league as well. So just in terms of your own form, you must be pretty happy. Yeah, to be fair, I don't really look at stats like that, to be fair. Um, obviously, like I say, when, when you hear about it, yeah, it's good, good to hear. But yeah, just take each game as it comes. And like I say, I'm the last line of defence. So if I, if I can stop the ball going in there, obviously, I'm trying my best to, to do that. So... Yeah, probably not had loads of shots out, out of all the goalkeepers in, in the league, probably not had the most to face. Uh, but yeah, if I can stop it from going in the goal, then yeah, that's, that's, that's my job at the end of the day. Um, but like I say, the lads have stopped the shots coming that far so far. So yeah, so yeah, I'm enjoying it. Kickoff tomorrow is at three. Staying with football and Kent's Alessia Russo and Laura Coombs are in the England squad for their National League game later. They're taking on Scotland at Sunderland's ground in an eight o'clock kickoff. The side travel to face the Netherlands next Tuesday. And briefly in cricket, there's not much hope for a good result for Kent in their penultimate county championship match of the season. The game's been badly affected by rain and Somerset are due to resume on 404 for four in their first innings later. Kent were hoping for a win as they fight to stay in Division One. That's all from us today. Thanks everyone so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get the details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. While you're there, check out the latest pub review from The Secret Drinker. Have a lovely weekend. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.